0: Welcome into the Husker twenty four seven podcast. Mike Schaefer here, along with Brian Christofferson, Michael Bronz. We are in person for the
1: first time since March. <laughs> we picked a heck of a day to do it. Didn't
0: that's we? that's the big news of the day, I think. Yeah. See thoughts.
1: That's quite a beard
0: you got. It's a beard. It's uh. It probably could be trimmed. Huh. I've I've grown out like some pretty big COVID beards, and then I trim them down, and then
2: they just keep coming back. Brun said I look the same since he last saw me and I look relaxed. You do look relaxed. Yeah. Like a guy that's been sitting in a hammock for the last five yeah. months. Well.
1: Just a nice summer vacation for me. <laughs> yeah. I have I
2: have more time on my hands, it appears, going forward. This is Segway. true. Segue. <laughs> this is true. To you.
0: How do you guys feel about picking
1: apples and pumpkin patches in the fall? Haven't done it, won't do it. <laughs> well are you sure? Yes. You're it's, not gonna it's you're my not red line my red line. I will not I will not do. I will. I will only do a moderate amount of pumpkin patches, and that's only because I have a child.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. Like, I feel like that decision isn't
1: entirely yours to make. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put up a fight. Well, orchards. Put, orchards are out entirely. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll put up more of a fight than the Big Ten did. I'll put that way. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. Well, segue again, let's just get right in. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I think that's a segue right there. Uh, Big Ten football has been postponed until the spring at the earliest. We will probably have plenty of opportunities to discuss uh, the possibility of spring football. But let's just start with the postponement. Obviously not the decision anybody at Nebraska wanted. They released a pretty strongly worded statement, easily the strongest statement that came out of the Big Ten in terms of disappointment towards the decision today letting – Letting fans know where Nebraska's brass, and certainly Scott Frost stood on the issue. You guys heard from Frost yesterday. BC asked questions as well. This doesn't come as a surprise now, given that we've had about 72 hours straight of this being a potential thing. But what are your general thoughts, Brian, as Nebraska – and the rest of the Big Ten faces a fall without football for the first time in years.
2: Well, it's sad, first off. Um, I thought Monday morning that this was going to happen, and then by Monday afternoon, I'd convinced myself that the head coaches and the power that they hold on their platform might sway this thing. I actually thought Frost kind of led the way with that because he was stronger than anybody up front. And then Harbaugh and Day and all those guys, Franklin, they all seem to be kind of walking lockstep in that we can do this. And I thought, you know, even though the presidents have the vote, they don't necessarily have the power at, uh, on campuses. And so I really thought today's announcement was going to be that they're going to delay it till like, September 26th. And I think – some coaches and athletic directors thought that up until the very end, too, because I was watching the interviews today. And you know Jeff Braum and the, uh, Gene Smith, they kept bringing up September 26. So there's no question that that date had been discussed or targeted as a possible delay point. And uh, instead, they go all the way with it and cancel to the spring. And of course, Nebraska hasn't ruled out that they could still play somehow, some way. We can get into that with the next question. I think that's going to be difficult.
1: Yeah, it, I, I was kind of like you. I, I thought I went to bed last night thinking that, you know, that that it was more likely you're going to see a delay. They would maybe take a look at, you know, what what they could potentially do, because I mean, it, less than a week ago you had the schedule released, and things seemed to be trending towards the season S- Saturday. Things very much started shifting the other way, but you had a schedule with a significant amount of time built in as a buffer if you wanted to potentially use that. It seemed like perhaps you could do that um, at the start of the season and basically kind of use up your time there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, from listening to, you know, what few specifics Kevin Warren got into on the Big Ten Network today, the, the one thing that stood out to me was he said it was not a difficult decision. I mean, I, I think this is where they were headed, and I, th- I feel badly for players and, and coaches who, you know, less than a week ago were thinking that they were going to have some kind of a season, and then, you know, now there's just more questions than answers, which we can also get into with eligibility issues and, and all, the, all the other stuff that kind of comes along with the canceled season too
2: that's where they have soup on their face though i mean cuz you put out a schedule last wednesday i get it if like last wednesday you say that's ah, not going to work but you get everybody all wound up granted kevin warren was cautious said this doesn't guarantee a season is going to be played but they were going to try to and we didn't really try you no. know i mean that and that's where i think people and the athletes are really disappointed it's like you, you either Go for it or don't, but don't start it up and go a couple miles and be like, oh, we're not doing this without trying. So I get where there's frustration from the players because they go out and work out the last four or five days thinking, hey, this could happen, and and then they uh, get the football pulled away from them.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it didn't happen, but what if there was like an injury during that period of time and some guy tears his ACL and he does it for what? Because the Big Ten thought that they had to – to let people know last Wednesday that they were going to play football only to – it wasn't even 72 hours before it was already out that that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. I It just – my biggest takeaway from all of this is that you thought when Nebraska joined the Big Ten in in 2010 that they were setting themselves up for a very consistent, you know, reputable conference that had strong decision-makers – that seemed to, to have strong leadership. And that was a case under Jim Delaney. And I don't want to go too hard on Kevin Warren because there's no playbook for any of this. Right. But just the ineptitude that has come out of the reports about what's happening with the Big Ten, they hadn't discussed spring football until Monday night. Mm-hmm. What the hell were you doing March 11th until August 11th if spring football just came up? On Monday there wasn't anything else going on there wasn't anything else happening what what discussions were you having if you weren't already at that point considering spring football and the the realities of how you're going to make it work like it it does not look good for the Big Ten and that only f- festers with a program like Nebraska in which half the fan base already feels like it's a poor fit in that conference Uh, I felt like yesterday with Scott Frost and and the comments that they were going to look for somewhere to play, and and we can dive into this now if we want to. To me, it felt a lot of posturing, uh, and it felt a lot like trying to get a message out to recruits and to your players that this is an institution that believes in football, that wants to play football. If you want to play football, this is the kind of place that you want to be. That's what yesterday felt like to me as much as anything else. And I don't really view that there's going a real chance Nebraska's going to be playing and going rogue against the Big Ten at any point this fall.
1: Well, you're, just to dive into the feasibility of that, I mean, I, I'm sure there's a very big, heavy leather book on a shelf somewhere that has all of the Big Ten's bylaws and rules in it. And when you open that book and that big plume of dust flies up in the air, I, I'm guessing that they're probably not going to be able to do that. I can um, picture it. Yeah, and it, it, it just smells like leather. Leather and old book, like but, like old leather. Yeah. Did you ever have that cologne when you're? Yeah, just like yeah. the really cheap cologne. <laughs> yeah. The uh, so I I, do, English I don't English leather. I do, English leather. Yeah. Is what it is. Go ahead. I, I don't think it's feasible <laughs> um, that that they're going to be allowed to do that. I don't think that you know as much as Ryan Day and James Franklin were talking about that being a possibility. I don't think that either of those schools are going to pursue that as an actual real option uh, for the fall, but. I think it was it, it was rare I think that you don't hear and especially when Jim Delaney was commissioner of the Big Ten you never heard a lot of schools stepping out in the way that Nebraska did and I don't know if that's you know necessarily a I don't know if that's a reflection of the fact that Jim Delaney was I mean he was the most powerful guy in college football I mean there's no way around that um I think Nebraska very much uh, is frustrated by the way that, you know, this whole conversation is gone. I, I think that they felt like they needed to say something. I don't I, I don't foresee them playing a schedule, and, and especially because you're very quickly running out of potential opponents that you could play. Uh, you, you, the Pac-12 is out. The Big, T- Big 12 is on the fence about what they're going to do. Most FCS programs are not going to play. So uh, – you know unless you can, you know, convince Iowa to play you somehow in a best of 13 series in Stewart Iowa which I'm still on board for, I think that's probably your best option right now. 13. Well, you got to have a winner. You play 12 games and then the 13th is the Casey's
2: bowl if gotcha. necessary. Yes. Yeah. I was interested in what Ohio State was going to say today because Ryan Day had taken a similar stance to uh Frost not quite as strong, but he said they could explore other options. And it was clear they were disappointed and didn't want the vote to go that way. They wanted to at least wait till September 26. But Gene Smith said they were going to stand by the league's decision. And that to me, Ohio State was a wild card. If they had like said, okay, we're going to look around because they're a national title contender, uh, have a Heisman trophy candidate at quarterback and so i think people would have been like oh that's interesting and but with them off the table um yeah i just don't i don't know that nebraska wants to burn bridges with the money the big tens of money pot when it's a normal time they've nebraska's made a lot of money in that league and you got to be careful to uh, go too far astray um right now um over a season that maybe wouldn't even happen even if you tried to kind yep. of go outside the box
0: That's kind of the other thing, too, is that there's no guarantee you'd be getting games in anywhere else. Brunt's mentioned with the Big 12, and, you know, if that's another domino, then suddenly there's just two conferences left standing plus whatever the Sun Belt chooses to do or Conference USA or whoever else. So The American. The American, yeah. Uh, So I'm curious – if there is spring football, like let's say hypothetically that's this is going to going to happen, what are some of the logistical things that you think have to be ironed out for that to? Bruns is already shaking his head because he knows the stupidity of this exercise. But uh, what what are some of the logistical things that immediately come up to
1: you? Well, when are you going to play? Uh, that's the first one. So, Seems like one. You know, I I think if you're looking at. You, you kind of have to figure out when you want to end the season and then you work back from that, I think. So if you're looking at, let's say, the beginning of April, you want to be done. So if you're getting 10 games in, you're probably having to start your, start actual games, what, like early February? Yeah. So you need probably about a month to get going coming out of semester because guys are going to be coming back from winter break. Um yeah, I mean, it, it, there's that. You, then there's the eligibility question. That's the biggest one to me is, you know, you've already got Latrell Neville and some other Nebraska commits saying, what does a spring season mean for me? If I early enroll, am I going to have to use a redshirt year on whatever season, um, you know, is, is played in the spring? And then you turn around three, four months later and you're starting a new season. And if you're in Nebraska, you're going to Ireland to play Illinois. <laughs> your, your first week, plus um, you know the, the other eleven games. I mean, it. I get that. Like, there's a lot that's unknown with the COVID stuff. Like, I I understand all that, but it doesn't seem like you can say that you know student health, safety, and wellness on this side, and then on the other side, say we're going to turn around and we're going to try to play twenty two games in a ten month stretch with what three months off between that, like. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems like there's so many concussion, you know, other injury concerns that are at play there. I mean, it it's hard to see how you would have anything close to a full season, let alone 10
2: games in the spring. Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Well Urban, Tell me we'll get football. Brian. Urban Meyer said no chance. Um, Adam Ritter, or Adam Rittenberg, I was reading his tweet, had a quote from Kirk Ferentz, which says it's totally doable. So you're going to have all these well, different opinions. Scott Frost was down on the idea yesterday. Um, Of course, he was pushing hard for the fall, kind of backpedaling a little bit. I thought kind of what Schaefer was hitting on. I thought Frost, whether it was a real intention to declare that they could play elsewhere or not, I do think it was savvy. Oh, I thought it was incredibly smart yesterday. In that it – It told your current players, and I saw current recruits, commits, like Marcus Buford and some of these guys retweeting it, like they loved it. It's because, like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's a coach.
0: You can't tell me that isn't a guy. Like, if you watched him within the first three minutes yesterday and you're a football player, that's a guy you want to play for. You can see the attitude, and almost the other people have said this, and, and, you know, it's not like it's come to me here, but there there was an, an aura of defiance about him. And an aura of this is a guy that wants to play football. This is some like he looked like a leader. It was it it felt like Nebraska had someone that was a real voice on a big issue, and he collectively was representing what I would guess is the majority of of how the state feels, whether right or wrong. But I I thought it was a big big moment. I really did. It was good. No,
2: it was good. It was good to see someone on the record. I mean, there has been so much anonymous stuff. I don't care. Honestly, at this point, I don't even care if I agree or disagree. And I'm not all against anonymous sources. I don't want to get in that discussion. But I I did appreciate some people finally. I think some people maybe could have even come forward with the other opinion, which we heard more of yesterday, earlier. And it might have. I don't know if it would have changed this conversation at all that we're having today, but it it might have. The spring football thing, I was thinking about this. This is an off-the-cuff idea. I think you have to be realistic. I believe you could play a couple games. I don't think we should call it a season or anything like that. But would it be impossible to schedule two or three games where big schools take, like, on a South Dakota State, for example, and... Like normal contracts, the FCS school or whoever the smaller school, MAC or Sunbelt, gets some of the money to help their program in a time of need. You can fill your stadium, and we allow everybody to fill their stadium. There would be such demand for it if you could actually do that. We don't know at this point if that's possible yet. But that, to me, is the only realistic option, is if if you make it like a two- or three-game sort of exhibition series in the spring, where it's part of your spring football practices almost, except you actually keep score a little bit against somebody else, which I've always thought you could maybe, even in normal times, I've always thought, like, why don't they play, like, one exhibition game in the spring against an FCS school? People would love it. And so I think you could do something like that, but let's not call it a season, you know? Let's not... Because I don't think you can do two full seasons.
0: I think that's realistic. I I really do not believe that you can play even six games in the spring and then turn around and ask for a 12-game regular season. Like, it's just a lot. It doesn't seem like it should be, but it is. It's a lot. And then the logistics, you're talking Latrell Neville, uh, even the schedule. I mean, you have a northern conference here, like – if they're playing conference play and you draw Minnesota on March 17th, I don't even know if that's Saturday, but let's say that it is. We've we know Minnesota pretty well, like that's not exactly guaranteed to be a feasible arrangement to play football at that time either. And that's that's March. You're not playing football in January or February in the Big 10. You're just not. And so I I don't view it as a very likely endeavor. I love BC's idea, and frankly, the idea of a spring game being an opponent versus your own team has made sense to me for a long time, particularly when you have athletic programs that could use the money to simply just go and get a practice scrimmage in um, and allow places like Nebraska that profit off of having a spring game anyways to continue doing that.
1: Well, Nebraska's going to need the money. What is that? (laughs) Nebraska's going to need the money in the
0: spring. Well, and that's another reason why I don't think they can do anything with the Big Ten because you can't, on one hand, cry about all the money that you're losing and then go chase after a potential three-game season to play North Dakota State, Iowa State, and Navy, I don't know, to give you an example. And then you turn around and you lose the, the windfall that is Big Ten cash. For what? To, to go join the Big 12 again? I It's not a real thing. It really isn't. I, I'd, be stum- I'd be more surprised – if Nebraska plays anybody in the next three months, then I would be by anything else that has happened since the shutdown started. I just couldn't see them putting their Big Ten standing in jeopardy that
2: way. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Now, if if somehow, some way, and I just don't think this can happen, you can – if the Big Ten were like, okay, schools I really wanted to play, you can reach out and do what you got to do this fall, but I just don't see it. I just don't believe that would happen. It seems far fetched to me, but um, it sounds like Nebraska's at least reached out to, you know, have that possibility open to them. But I, I, I don't think it's going to happen either. Yeah. I mean, the, the, big
1: 10 has always been the, everybody put your hand in the middle of the circle We're together. <laughs> and then like, it, it's, it would it would be it would fly against the way the big 10 has worked and I, I as much as people want nebraska to do that and kind of you know stick it to the conference a little bit um you know i i i just don't know that it's in the long term be- benefit of the program to to do that but it's you know you looking at at kind of what this fall means now for when I mean, we can pivot a little bit to recruiting but uh probably not looking at official visits um, for a while. What does this mean to you, Mike, for Nebraska's efforts to put a bow on this recruiting class, however the heck it looks?
0: Well, they got to continue to try to recruit people. And I, I don't think that the December signing period is going to change, even if there's not official visits. I think that they're going to leave that the same and basically be like, if you're ready and comfortable, sign. If you're not, chance it until february and the bulk at this point are going to and there's there's enough states that are sort of in that weird limbo where they aren't going to have a fall like california or virginia hawaii colorado uh, was that Colorado, colorado uh where you're gonna have some kids that have to make a really tough decision as to whether they're gonna enroll early uh whether they're going to to sign and then just not play their senior season so there's, there's a lot of moving chess pieces, but I, I know this. Nebraska is going to continue, as they have the entire time, pushing and, and recruiting. Uh, I expect that they will finish up with a class right around 21 people. Um, you know, there's some actual, if we want to get into it, some things recruiting-wise that we, we certainly can right now. Um, we'll start with this. I put in a crystal ball for James Carney, the tight end from Norris for – Nebraska, and that's in large part based on a couple key pieces of information he told me on Tuesday morning, largely that in his last conversation with Sean Becton, Beckton said that Nebraska is now going to take three tight ends in this class on scholarship. They really only have three targets left that have offers, and it's very unlikely Demetrius Crownover is going to pick Nebraska against some of the other options he has and so that leaves A.J. Rollins, Thomas Fedoni, and I suspect an offer goes out to James Carney. As soon as the word offer hits his ears, he's committing. He, he plainly said that. Mm-hmm. Miami of Ohio knows that. He said that other schools that have reached out to him seem hesitant because they know that he's going to Nebraska if the offer comes uh, and I, I think he's been very upfront about it and so I, I suspect that that offer is going to happen within the next couple weeks um he seemed to, to feel that Beckton was was intimating to him that it could be sooner than later so obviously there's a lot going on there's they are supposed to have a recruiting meeting this week and then he was going to hear more after that so i think it could happen quickly it could take a little bit but i think it happens this month that's one commitment that you could see coming down the pipeline. And he's a you know, he's a really intriguing kid at six foot five, two hundred and twenty pounds, and running a four six while also I think his vertical was like a thirty-three or a thirty-four, and he put these thirty pounds on in November and he dropped his forty times since January, half a second. I mean he's a, a very impressive looking guy, and he said the the thing that's most important to him right now is he needs to be able to get a couple games that he can put on film to show that he's, what he can do with this weight, and what he can do as a player at the tight end position he thinks that would really have kick-started interest from a number of programs, not just Nebraska from Nebraska's end of it, you could see where they maybe make that offer before that ever happens, so then they don't have to deal with anything down the line, so you have that going on, you have some interesting wide receiver stuff happening right now Oliver Martin uh, potentially could be walking on to Nebraska. That has not happened yet officially, but it looks good for Nebraska. Both sides certainly have the same goals and same interests there. That's a former four-star wide receiver that Brunson and I actually watched down in San Antonio the week that we were down there for the All-American
1: Bowl, which feels like it was about 18 years ago. We were we were very more focused on uh, Jameer Calvin, Darnay Holmes, and uh... – Foster, S- Serrell. Yep. Plus all, the other, all
2: good Nebraska players. Yes. Plus the <laughs> the
0: lineman from Texas that chose Michigan. Yes. Uh, so. Phillyaga. Uh, yeah. The the four the four that we went down in Nebraska goes yep. zero for four. Yep. Impressive stuff from us as always, but. Uh, yeah. So he saw the Alamo. This is a guy we did, we did, and it's worth seeing. I would say. Um. Oliver Martin is a really talented athlete that just wants somewhere that he can have the opportunity to play. Uh, Alan True has been all over this, so we'll see how that plays out. And then today, before the news came out about the Big Ten, Kate Johnson entered the transfer portal, which is notable for a ton of different reasons. This was a guy that Nebraska would absolutely, if they have an available scholarship, go after guns blazing. They don't currently have an available scholarship. They could based on a waiver declaration regarding Jaden Francois or Henry Gray. I don't think they'd get one for Francois. Maybe they would get one for Henry Gray, but as of right now, they don't have a scholarship. Kate Johnson could not play if there was a season this fall. So he would have to sit out in the fall, but then would be eligible to play in the spring Since the FCS is already planning to play in the spring, he was guaranteed to be able to play that. So now he was pursuing to see who would have interest in him for the spring season. So there's a lot of moving parts here. If there is spring football, if he can play, if Nebraska is not in the picture, Minnesota and Iowa are two schools that absolutely will go after him. Kansas State is another regional school in which his brother had a lot of interest Chris Kleiman certainly knows K. Johnson very, very well, and the success that they had down there in Kansas State is going to be of interest. So uh, there's there's certainly things happening, but if Nebraska falls into possession of another scholarship, they will certainly be trying to get K. Johnson aboard. That is a two-time FCS All-American that walked on as South Dakota State. I don't know. I don't know if Mike Riley's staff had offered him the opportunity to walk on at Nebraska. I really don't. So he's a really impressive self-made receiver at this point. So that's kind of your your recruiting rundown. They're, they're staying in contact with a number of defensive linemen. They don't have any defensive linemen committed at this point. Uh, they are searching uh, to figure out an angle to pull – particularly Wyndon Hohuli out of Hawaii, but also Zen Keith Sotelo, a defensive lineman, and Mason Tofunga. So they, uh, they've they been busy. It just has been a little bit more quiet than what we saw in the month of July where every week Travis Fisher had a new defensive back toy that we could talk about. So that's kind of your your recruiting rundown. You guys have any thoughts
1: on any of that? Well, the – the takeaway is is that even though there will not be football played, there's still going to be a lot of recruiting coverage going on at Husker twenty four seven. Look um, at Brunt's. What's that? I said, look
0: at Brunt. Yeah,
1: but it's Johnson's interesting. Oliver Martin's interesting too, because he was a guy that our evaluators at twenty four seven Sports loved. He was a top fifty recruit. Yep. Uh, in his recruiting class, uh, that would be. If, if, if you could potentially add him as a walk-on to the talent that Nebraska's already gotten a walk-on, um, you basically have, like, another half-recruiting class of walk-on guys that would be pretty highly rated, Ezra Miller being another one who's already on campus, uh, Levi Falk, who was practicing with the top two units uh, in, the, in the first couple practices at Nebraska. So, yeah, I mean, it... it, it it's been impressive the way that they've used the uh, the walk-on route with the transfer portal to this point. But uh, James Carney, the, the, the tight end position, how that shakes out, will be fun to follow because if, if you end up with Fedoni, Rollins, and Carney, that's a pretty good tight end group right there for a, a room that needs it, some depth.
0: There's another piece of that that I mentioned on our message board that I kind of want your thoughts on, and I'll see what BC thinks here. If Nebraska takes three tight ends, could you see where that might mean that Chris Hickman is sticking at wide receiver for the duration of his career to give them another bigger wide receiver out there? Because that's where he's at right now to sort of cover a spot. But you could also make the case that if they are able to land Thomas Fedoni and they have Travis Fokolek for the 2021 season. Which one? Well, they have Travis Vokalek for two more years. Yeah. Uh, That that would certainly open up the need for Chris Hickman or open up Chris Hickman to simply stay at wide receiver. That's kind of me spitballing. I don't have anything that fully backs it up, but I wonder if that's the kind of move that precipitates taking a third tight end in this class.
2: I think there's also a thinking that if you get the right types of quote-unquote tight ends now – They've become such a weapon in football that you can you can just do so much with them, you yeah. know And so like we're a guy like Thomas Fidone for example, we're gonna call him a tight end, but you could line him out wide and he can be a problem for people and just like Hickman is, I think. And so I really think they're racking up versatile, tight end slash receivers almost it feels like in some ways. And like like Chris Chris Hickman was still going to work some at tight end and still sometimes line up as a tight end. They were just going to move them all over the place. But I do think there's a lot of confidence in what he's going to do on the perimeter and also that he's going to set the tone for other receivers as a physical guy on like this is how we're supposed to block out there. I think Matt Lubick had really high hopes for Hickman with that and still does um acting like we're not ever playing football again sometimes it feels that way yeah it does um but uh i don't know if i answered the question but i do think i think the guys we're talking about as recruits um are playing a position that we used to look at a lot differently like 10 or 15 years ago we thought of these kind of lumbering guys you know blocking and stuff and and now you It's a fun position. It's like a position guys want to play in high school because they see you can Mm -hmm. get picked up by schools because they want to create mismatches with you and stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree there, and and that's why someone like Fedoni is so valuable to Nebraska because they haven't landed tight ends like that uh, since they've been here on this campus, And, and that could really help open up a different area of their offense going forward. All right, well, we we ran through kind of what we know as we know it right now, and that's there's no Big Ten season. There might be a spring season. There might not be a spring season. Nebraska might play outside of the Big Ten this fall. Nebraska might not play outside of the Big Ten this fall. We will certainly have all that coverage as we have it at Husker 24-7. We're going to have plenty of high school recruiting as well. We're going to have plenty of high school coverage. I'm going to be hitting some practices here in the area. We've talked about how the local talent has gotten better here in the state of Nebraska, and we'll be looking to show you that more on Husker 24-7. So be sure to check out the website. We will very likely be back this week with another podcast, and uh, we will continue to bring you as much coverage as we have it on Husker 24-7.